Welcome to our weekly devotion. I was listening to a sermon by Martin Lloyd-Jones this week, and he was going through Romans chapter 12, and he came to the verse in verse 15, rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep. Just this verse, he, he asked, which do you think is easier? And his answer, I thought, uh, was a good one. It gave a number of life lessons. My, in my mind, I thought, well, it's easier to rejoice with people because when you weep with someone, you're, you're going through the heartbreak with them. Maybe they've gone through some disaster. Uh, maybe they've become sick or a loved one is sick or they they've have a prodigal child. They, they've lost their job, any, anything, right? You're thinking about those and you have to go through that and you're, you're, you're feeling the emotions with them. Whereas when you rejoice with those who rejoice, you're, you're excited, you're happy. But what he pointed out is he said, the second one is easier. He said, in our sin life, it's very common that we don't like to rejoice with someone in their success. We feel a tinge of envy when we see someone succeed. And this could even be in the best of us. It's, it's noted, it's well known enough that the Germans even have a word for it, schadenfreude which means you feel pleasure when someone else has bad fortune. And so you're happy when you see them suffering. And it'd be hard to admit that to ourselves. We may not even be conscious of it sometimes. Uh, a lot of times we have a depth of intentions and motivating factors that we're hardly even aware of. But we'll find ourselves upon reflection and, and having a little bit of glee. If we see someone, we call it being taken down a notch. You might say they needed to be taken down a notch. Or on the other hand, if we see somebody succeeding and maybe we thought they should be taken down a notch, but then they're, they're having success. They seem to be getting blessed. We feel a little bit upset. And so he was drawing life lessons about this concerning our spiritual condition, that it, it takes a level of spiritual maturity to first know this about yourself, because you might see this with maybe, you, maybe if you have children or you remember being a child or, or watching children when there are siblings getting presents, maybe on a birthday, and it's very common one sibling who is not their birthday, but they're very upset and jealous about the other sibling getting presents on their birthday. And there should be no expectations of presents. It's not your birthday. You get presents on your birthday. So it's fair. Everyone gets presents on their birthday. And yet there's still this kind of tinge of, oh, but it's, but they're getting presents. And it takes some spiritual maturity to overcome this. Uh, on the other hand, being able to rejoice with someone when they, they do have something good go for them, because the common voice in our head is, what about me? What about me? When will I get my turn? When will something good happen to me? When will I have a blessing like that? And so it's going to take spiritual maturity to identify that in ourselves and be able to overcome it so that one doesn't immediately return every conversation to oneself. And being immature means you do that. Children do that. Teenagers do that. Everything's about me. Uh, every conversation returns to me somehow, either how good I am or look at my problems. And coming to become spiritual means you can rejoice with others when they rejoice and take yourself out of it and be genuinely happy for them when they rejoice. You can weep with those who weep and go beyond just feeling their pain with them Kind of again, you could call, you could almost just feel their pain because you transferred to yourself. How would I feel 
when I would go through that, again, that's still almost as self-centered, and instead directing it to them and, and making them central in the focus. So verse 15 here, coming after 14, blessed, bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse them. Do you see how that's the same attitude as being able to genuinely rejoice? To genuinely bless him. When Stephen was being killed, he genuinely forgave. And it comes before 16, live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. To, to do verse 16, you need to have be able to do verse 15. A person might be haughty and always thinking of themselves and not really be able to rejoice with those who rejoice or weep with those who weep. So for me, as I heard this sermon, it was a, a call to reflect on spiritual maturity and a lesson from how even just one verse in Romans, starting in Romans 15, we have practical Christianity, practical applications of the doctrines he covered in earlier parts of the book. And starting in, in each verse has so much to apply, so much to learn of how to take out the self-life and replace it with the love of Christ.